Episode you don't play boxing. I'm Anson Wainwright, and in this episode, I'll be talking with Evander, the real deal Holyfield, about his heavyweight title reign. In previous editions of this show, we've spoken to Evander about his cruiserweight title reign and also his Olympic experience. This time, he's going to start out by telling us about the fight with Buster Douglas and then into the Riddick Bow fights, as well as. The, uh, the wonderful fight he had with George Foreman in the Battle of the Ages. Here we go. Here's what Evander had to say. Hello, Evander. Welcome back to the next um, part of our, of our ongoing series that we, we were talking about your uh, Hall of Fame career. Um, we were up to when you, when you fought James Buster Douglas in October 90 for, the, uh, for that unified heavyweight title. He'd obviously beaten Tyson. You were the next guy to fight. You fought him. Tell me a little bit about that fight. Well, uh, Buster Douglas. Okay, uh, the thing is, is that, you know, of course, you know, I was looking forward to fighting Tyson, but Buster Douglas won the fight. And uh, and what happened, it's a long training camp. You know, I ended up up training about, about six months for that fight. Wow. And because because you know because Buster Douglas he wasn't ready and and they uh, you know kind of pushed it back and, uh, and so when the day came you know I was you know I, I, everybody thought I was gonna probably be burned out because the fact of the matter you know you know you you, you when you continue to work so hard you start burning out it, and so. So they took me to the doctor. The doctor said, "Well, he needed a little rest." And so, uh, so I, I took took two, uh, two a week off, all week off. And, uh, and so Lou Du was quite upset. But uh, when when the, when the when it was time for the fight, I was I was ready. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, you know, it, you know. Quite different because the people, you know, the people who who uh, busted Douglas because he was he was he was heavier than what he was when he fought Mike Tyson. So they started calling. They, you know, even the way in they they would they booed him real bad, and, and he was very nervous. And uh, but which kind of pointed out to me that I was going to win this fight because the, the, the guy. The guy couldn't handle the pressure that he was under when um, when they start boarding, and um, so um, of course from that point on to the time to get in the ring, I you know I, I kind of felt that you know uh, this is my time. It's been 20 years because I was told that when I was eight years old that I could be the heavyweight champ of the world. And I had just turned 28. You 
and my birthday was on on the October the nineteenth, but the fight was the twenty fifth, mm-hmm. and so it was twenty it was a twenty year thing, and I told myself I got to get it. I was going if I don't win, it may take twenty more years. That and was a heck of a birthday present then, a late belated late yep. birthday present to yourself. How did you celebrate being 28 and also becoming, you, you know, your dreams and becoming the undisputed heavyweight champion? Well, you know, of course, we had, we had a, you know, I knocked him out the third round, so we had a party afterwards, you know. And, you know, my mom came down to celebrate with me, and, and, and uh, I had a great, a great time. You know, you know, becoming heavyweight champion of the world, then all of a sudden, you know, you know, I wake up the next morning and go, you know, I, you know, you know, I thought it was going to be different when I wake up in the morning. So when I wake up, well, when I wake up, I find out I'm still Evander the overfield. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you know, I'm, some, I'm some people really get to thinking they're going to be something different. They're going to feel different. And, and what it was when I, when I woke up, and when I and I went back out, and they wanted the people wanted to talk to me, and I felt that wow, everybody was everybody wanted to speak to me, and everybody wanted me to know who they were and all this, and kind of got hefty. And then I find out they start judging me on things that I wasn't. You know, you know, I, I never was a great speaker, and so. And that's, you know, so you start hearing people start talking about, wow, he can't put a sentence together. And, you know, I, I wasn't talking, I, you know, I, you know, I, I, I did the very best I could. And then plus my mama told me, said, son, you know, make it short, short and sweet. Hmm. Yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> people, people, people kind of bothered people for me and said, yes, no. They, they actually thought that I was trying to hide something. So, yeah, my, my mama said, short and sweet, short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point. And that led you, you know, you didn't, I, I don't know how much time you had off, but next up was your first defense was against George Foreman. Now, George would have been big, bad George back in the 70s. You'd have grown up with him as as heavyweight champion. And he was obviously on his comeback trail uh, looking to, to win you know, and, and become heavyweight champion again, um, which he later did. But first, you guys collided in Atlantic City. Well, yes, it, it was good, which, you know, which broke all the records. At that point in time, when we, George and I came to fight that fight, it was the biggest fight that ever, that was ever at that time. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, at that time, you know, as um, we we did interviews in New York, and Joe Frazier came in. And he was so ticked off because he thought, you know, because he thought that George Foreman was going to really beat me, and 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 so he he started to get upset and said, you know, you may be younger than George, but you are young. He said, you're a little Volkswagen, a brand new Volkswagen, but that. George Foreman's an old truck and he's going to drag you down the street. He, mm-hmm. he actually, he was mad. Now, I thought he was mad with me, but he was, he was mad because he didn't want George Foreman to 
be considered better than him. Because George Foreman had been a heavyweight champion, where he had been a heavyweight champion, where he thought that if George beat me, George would be a not on it, a not up on it. And so, uh, so what he did, he felt that he had a, a notch on the George. Then George called, he beat Ali least one fight. Ali beat him. Mm-hmm. And boy, Ali beat him too. And so, and so, uh, of course, uh, you know, a lot of people just thought that George, George, when George hit him one time, that's going to be it. And, you know, and then everybody kind of know, everybody knew that I was a Christian and, and I talked about Jesus and, and, but George, they said, now George is, is a preacher. Like this, and so they were asking me, see, he said, now, they, they said, whose side Jesus is going to be on? Hmm. So I asked him, I said, has George ever been the heavyweight champion of the world? And they said, yeah. I said, okay. I said, then, I said, who the heavyweight champion of the world now? They said, well, you. I said, okay, then it's my time. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to let him know it's just, he had his time. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, and, and, and the course and the fight, you know, I told everybody I'm going to hit him three times in one. And you know, and pretty much that fight, I you know, I I had passed your hand, and you know, I hit him with a lot of shots. And, you know, I you know, and, and I remember the people say, "Well, you had to hold him in the in, in the last round." I said, "Well, you know, I said, look, I, I beat him eleven rounds. I said I hit him with everything I got. I, mm-hmm. You know, I said I wasn't gonna get knocked out in the last round. <laughs> yeah, I helped him." Like this, you know, and, and so, you know, and one of the biggest fight, one of the biggest fight in, 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 in boxing at that time. Interesting. Um, I noticed that the Donald Trump, because it was it was at his place in Atlantic City. Um yeah. And he he was involved in that, and of course now he beca- he ends up becoming American president. So that was you know you became bigger than than that fight George did after he won the title back again, and of course he became president. So so tell me a little bit about his involvement in that fight. Well, you know you know you know I by Donald Trump at that time you know you know he. Everything that he did was big. I'm like, you know, I'm, you know, even in, even become the president, you know, it's something that usually has never thought it would be. And you know, and Trump, you know, and, and you know, Trump plans it was like that. And you know, that, that that's a, that's a, I never, you know, I, where I have now, but that hotel, the first hotel I've ever been in, that I was just, you know, I was just. I took pictures and me and, and you know because I you know that's my first that's the first the first uh, hotel I've ever been in that had a pool table in there that had sauna it had everything I'm like it was it was it was just a palace itself I was I was just so happy and, and I, I won the fight and you know and, and when you want to come down to uh, 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 the president, well, the president, he one of the people that 
one mining win. I beat Mike Tyson in 1986. Mm-hmm. And he told people, he said, he said, he don't say much, but he can fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, so, you know, I'm like, you know, so um, it, it was just a thing that, you know, knowing that, you know, back in uh, when Madness City actually came the culture Donald Trump became became the, the big it came it became better than Caesar Palace mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Um next up was a homecoming. You fought Burt Cooper, smoking Burt Cooper. He was that was you'd fought in the Omni before I think if I'm not mistaken you beat Kawi um, and you you'd fought there it was but this was a big fight. It was a I was at home and yeah he wasn't um, you know, a Tyson, he wasn't Foreman, Holmes, Bo, but he was dangerous, and he rocked you and nearly shocked the world. Well, well, but you know, what, now what, what happened is that you got to understand that. And when it first started off, I was supposed to fight Tyson. And so Tyson pulled out the fight. Tyson pulled out the fight, and, and Donnie Adi, it's supposed to be Donnie Adi, at the end, they got Bert Cooper. Mm-hmm. And so you know, so 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 many different. First, I, I you know you know I, you know Tyson, then Tyson, Tyson pull out. Tommy he had a broke wheel. Then I end up end up end up going to fight uh, 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 San Francisco, uh Donnie the, the, the Italian guy. And, you know, he's about six seven. So you know, I was sparring people six seven. And at the end, he say that he he got hurt. Then they they bring in they bring in Bert Cooper, mm-hmm. and you know, and Bert Cooper, now Bert Cooper, you know, he's a, he a good banger, and you know, and you know, and he he, I was beating the daylight side to he oh this shot and caught me, boom, had me hurt. And then, but after the fact, I turned around on him and uh, and stopped him. So uh, it was a great, it was a great fight for the fans. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, um, and that you know, that you know, which you know, I you know, I'm, I'm the first person in, in Georgia ever been been a, been world champion three times at that time. Next up was. Um... Another legend from the from, from from bygone years who was on the comeback trail, Larry Holmes. You guys crossed paths at Caesar's Palace in June '92. Yeah, and yeah, um, and, you know, I fought, fought Larry Holmes, and it was just you know, it just, you know, he, you know, I mean, he was very conservative when he fought me, and uh, you know, I was trying to get him out, but I I wasn't able to get him out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a good jab and, and all this, but you know, he you know, he did tang it up a lot in the fight. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a very impressive fight because he he realized if he don't punch then it was hard for me to hit him. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But you you got the, the decision, you you retained the titles and um the next guy in in the fall of that year, Thomas and Mack, you were against um Olympic silver medalist from ninety 
1998. Riddick Bowe, he was a young gun. He was he was a good fighter, and uh, you guys collided in heck of a fight. Well, yes, it was. You know, see, you, you got to you think that Riddick Bowe used to be my sparring partner. Mm-hmm. So, so Riddick Bowe started sparring with me when he was like 17 and 18 years old. He got a, you know, you know, he got six years younger than I. And so, and of course, he was bigger than me then because I was like cruiserweight. Mm. And, and, and so, you know, and so Bo got me ready, got me ready for all these other fighters that, you know, Henry Tip and when I was cruiserweight and all, all those fighting, and he was very good at, you know, at eight, at 17 and 18 years old. And he was just, he was very good. And so he, he when he won the silver medal, so uh, I, I knew that he would be a, a good fighter and, and all this, and I knew that, you know, you know, uh, the thing is, he used to run out of gas all the time back then. And I actually thought that he would run out of gas, but he didn't. And, ooh, I, I took a, a slack in that fight. Is that ever fight that I thought I lost? Well, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a fight. That's a fight that, that you know, just he matched me in everything that I'd done. Mm. If I if I'm not mistaken, after that you went you went back to to basics and you you were with uh, Emmanuel Stewart and Emmanuel was like right we have to figure out how because you have to you know this guy's bigger than you and how do we get it back and you got you had a comeback fight you beat Alex Stewart and Evander if I'm not mistaken Emmanuel saw you dancing and realized that was the key to victory and had you doing that it was something you liked to do. You know, I had had very good rhythm, very good rhythm moves like that, and 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 one thing that you know, Emmanuel was a good, uh, good uh, guy. He could vision everything real well. He put fight plans together real well, and and pretty much everybody, everybody that he every time he set up a good plan, is the person where to carry it out they wanted. And so, uh, so in in this fight, he said, Evander, he said. We gonna take the first six rounds. We just gonna box him. He said. Then after the after the first six rounds, then you can take it to him. But, but Emmanuel knew I love to I, I love to put the pressure on people. So, he, but he said, now if you move around and box him, you'll get him tired. Mm-hmm. I said. So he said. So when on the last six round, you'll be just as strong as he would. But you just go in there right now. He gonna hit you these big shots and all this, and you gonna be tired when it come down on 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 the you know the last six last six round, and so uh, and that was the difference. Mm-hmm. It was also the scene of the hand glider fan man that caused a delay of twenty one minutes in the middle of the fight. Highly unusual. Well, well, it it was because the fact is that only thing that could have happened. In that round, that that allowed a fan man come down. If Bo get knocked out, everybody lose that every the casino they lose the casino because everybody kind of took that looking bet, you know, six rounds. And that's when that guy came in, 
that came in and 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 which you know when nobody tired you know I after sitting down all that long you it you know it's just like uh, the second half of the fight and uh, I was able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um- Fantastic! That's that's great. One thing I wanted to say: one of the uh, the other guests we've had on here was uh, was Pauli Malinaji, and he was telling us a little bit about when he went to the Ukraine and won the welterweight title. And he said the after party in Kiev, you were there and you were dancing. And he was telling me how you like to dance. Of course, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, dance is a dance was kind of like to me it was a part of boxing, you know, and and it's. I guess the, the most important thing about about dancing, dancing like it's just like boxing, just like this. You have to take chances, and dancing when you first when you first start learning how to dance, you have to take a chance. You you taking a chance again, embarrassed out there because you don't know it's a person whether you or not who you gonna dance with, and so and the more that you dance, the better you become, and so you you. You so in dancing you learn rhythm, the different rhythms of different dances you had to take the different rhythms and, and stuff like that. So you take the chance to be great. And boxing, that's what it is. You you have to take chances to be great. You're not gonna ever be the champion of the world if you don't take chances. Absolutely. And you certainly did, and um, and I greatly appreciate your time, uh, champ. Um, last thing, how is everything with you? Because obviously we've got this this terrible virus that's going around the world, the coronavirus. How is everything in in your part of the world? Well, you know, we we, we shut down. You know, at six o'clock you can't go back out. You know, and so you know they got uh, the mandates, but uh, but is but I, I think that they are absolutely right. You, you get this thing down till you find out what's the solution to the problem. Don't everybody's story infected each other. So um, I, I think that they're doing the proper thing. Mm-hmm. And your message to everybody, any any listeners, about what's going on at the moment, what would you say to them? Stay in. Stay in. To, and, and so, you know, if you... Like, if one person go out, somebody say, well, you know, I'm just good as him too. He go out, I'm going out. Then all of a sudden you affect everybody. Then they won't be able to find if we give them an opportunity, if you give it, if you do what what the direction, what they don't told you to stay in, then if you stay in, other people stay in, then all of a sudden they're, they're coming to the solution to the problem a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, champ, we shall have you on again soon talking about the, the Tyson fights, the Lewis fights, and everything else. Thank you. Welcome.